You're listening to WNCP Marquette, home of the North Coast Post podcast. North Coast Post. Welcome back to the North Coast Post podcast. I'm your host, BJ Alden, and today I have the distinct privilege of having Rick the Manic Logger in my studio for this podcast. Welcome, Rick. Hello, BJ. Glad to be here. So tell us, uh, what was, is your job? Staying alive. <laughs> other than that, I... That's a pretty I, big one. I, yeah, that's it's tough for me. Um, other than that, my job is to uh, try and get enough firewood to heat my home for the year, and that's 25, 30 face cards. And to do that, I have to cut other people's wood. So that's um, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of wood just for me to bring wood home because I'm broken from what I used to be. I can't cut what I used to do. Um you know, uh, I'm that mental illness part of it, you know, uh, that's taken over. And um, the thing that's keeping me alive now is I'm on Social Security disability and I get eight, nine hundred a month and I don't have to make six, eight, twelve thousand to make that kind of take home. So when you were, so I'm, I'm not manic like I used to be. My wife says that's not true, but I know I'm not know the, the way I used to be. Um, I, I haven't fallen asleep since 2010. That's going on six years driving a car. And before... You used to fall asleep at the wheel? All the time. From because, what, working too hard? No, staying awake. Being okay. bipolar manic, I don't sleep because, I, you know, the stress of everything I had to do to try and make enough money to eat and feed my family. Yeah. So in your prime, say, 1985 or 90, somewhere in there, how much... Uh, 85 to 90 is probably... When I cut the most wood, okay, working for somebody else and myself at the same time. What know? what kind of uh, numbers were you turning out then? Whoa, that's that's really tough because you know a year. Um, a, that's really tough because I I didn't keep the same job. You okay. know, I, it's hard to say. Yeah, really. A I mean, lot, a lot, a you lot. You know, when wood. I kept when I when I went into it myself, before I got a job with a guy named Lee. I was I was grossing fourteen to twenty thousand maybe, but then the overkeep you know you can everything is a write off in the in the logging industry because it's just like farming I mean the clothes you buy the only thing you don't write off is your food I mean everything the gas the oil your car um, the chainsaw well, it's the a tools. lifestyle you're immersed in that it's yes. your yes. essence it's, it's, every day yes. wake up first thing last yep. thing before bed right you know and then being being bipolar when I when I worked for Lee we were working up at the airport. The old airport up uh, on 41 in Nagani, and all that runway lights. Um, I'd go to sleep at 11 o'clock at night, wake up at, because I'm manic, I wake up at quarter to 12, I can't sleep, so I just jump in my truck and go cut wood Wow. at 12 o'clock at night. So you're working around the clock? Around the clock, yes. So by the time the people got to work, I have the whole landing full of logs and trees and that I skidded. I would only cut the trees down just before I left for, you know, and in the daylight, I'd just drop a whole night's work. <laughs> wow. Would you, you get have paid to more st- for that? Or would you, Not um, me, no. no I, get, you were I just... get paid per stick, 25 cents a stick. Okay. And then, you know, you got to cut. So you cut more sticks down going all night. Oh, yeah, but it's a lot slower. You know, plus I would cut and split and stack a four face cords in a three-quarter ton truck, which is... Eighty-seven thousand pounds in a a pickup truck, (laughs) thirteen springs on each side, and you know, 
So yeah, is mania con- is your condition conducive to logging? Is that I mean, it sounds like it's a high energy job. I know that's not a um, something that you're glad you have, but it, did it make for a good logger? I, I good loggers. Um, I you know I I'm not a I'm not a, never been a good logger because I've I've never been able to buy you know I mean machines right now are five six seven hundred thousand. But I you, mean speaking just to your chainsaw skills, I seen you drop a tree in the woods. With such precision and artistry, I mean, that's a craft that may not be as uh, important in today's mega logging environment. Uh, but I guess they don't. You have are good in that regard. That that regard, I can put trees down on the ground without killing myself. <laughs> you know, I haven't had one run me over yet. They've been close. You know, yeah. I've been hit by by. I've, they've they've knocked me. <laughs> okay. But, uh, so far, you know, knock on wood, it, it's been it's been pretty well. Um, and it's hard. Uh, now you're still trying to do it. You're still out there cutting, even though you can only put a fraction down on the ground that you used to be able yeah, to. Yeah, I used to put um, 50 to 120 trees on the ground and, now, and cut them up. In, in a day? In a day, yes. And now it's the most I think we've done in two years in one day is 25. <laughs> you know, And before it would take three guys in a month, we would cut four 500 cords, and now we're cutting... 15, 20, 25, okay. because, you know, they're not, they don't have the same <laughs> adrenaline as, you know. They, sure. They, they, but why do you still do it then? It doesn't Because seem... I need to heat my house and I don't have the money to buy it. Okay. You know, I don't, you know go out and I think a 10-quart load is 1000 to $1,100, and, you know, I don't have enough drinkers to get beer cans. To so, yeah, that. you go around and you collect beer cans in I order do, to get gas. I do, from friends, yes. I drop them off uh, food of types, you know, farm food and stuff like that, and they give me beer cans. And there's the also... other day, I got $45 worth. Whoa! $45 worth of beer cans? That's two people. That's one week's drinking. Holy smokes. That's like garbage bags full of them. Okay. Well, yes. that's the currency up here in Michigan with a 10-cent deposit. <laughs> and uh, you also... Uh, you get thrown out food. I mean, the yep. food waste is a big problem in this country. You take advantage of the fact that grocery stores toss stuff out. Yep, some 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 uh, pay to get rid of it, and it's okay with them that I that I feed cows and pigs and chickens with it. And, um, and people, do you eat it yourself or f- friends? Eh, here and there. Okay. Not too much though. Potatoes, stuff like that. I mean, because you know they they just throw them away because they get eyes on them, and you know a potato with an eye on it, it's That's just nothing. fine. Yeah. Um, other than that, no. Um, but I was just watching where um, I can't remember where it was. I was just watching a show where they were feeding feeding cows and pigs food from stores, and they got some kind of disease from it, and it they killed tens of thousands Whoa. of them because of that. And then they outlawed it. I don't know perfectly fine to sell it to people though. Just don't give it to the cows. Well, and it was pigs. stuff that was being thrown out. Okay, you know, and I I, I don't know what it was. If it was from restaurant, I, I don't know. But the way it talked, I. It was tens of thousands, and they made it illegal for the, for that to happen. Did you pay for that gi- giant jug of chocolate milk that you're drinking right now? Um, yes, I probably bought um, 14 of them for a dollar. How are you able to get 14 gallons of milk for a dollar? Because they're throwing them out. Okay, so you're and, sl- and they're okay past the date. That's what I'm saying. Not just the food that you're getting that is under the table, or we'll say behind the dumpster, is. Uh, <laughs> Is free. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, uh, but boy, it, it sure is an advantage to have access to that. It, it helps me. And lots of it, you know, sometimes I've gotten 40 gallons. Pigs love chocolate milk. 
<laughs> they fit. They do. They love chocolate right. milk. I bring this to farmers, and they go, "Oh, my pigs just love that." Oh, One lady gives it to her little pigs right out of the bottle into their mouth. It's Aww. just cute as heck, you know, little little twenty pound pig, thirty pound yeah. pig. They're just right out of the right out of the jug. <laughs> they just love it, you know. They, I mean, because everything a pig or cow eats is usually dry, dry grain. So you're spending your career busting your ass out there cutting trees as you're raising your family. Your family grows up, and it's now just you and your wife. She's got a, a, a job. Is it yep. part-time? No, she's got a full-time job. Okay, sure. but it doesn't, nine yards. doesn't pay a, a $10, lot. $10, $12 an hour, some, okay. somewhere between there. And that's not a lot. I don't know how people make it on $10, $12 an hour. Well, they go get beer cans and buy <laughs> milk from the. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, there's there's ways, and you're you're a very resourceful guy. Um, now let's talk a little bit about uh, about your mental health because that is uh, it's fascinating. You're a very optimistic person. I've gotten to know you well over the last year, year. or so, and um, even though you are plagued with mania and you have. Uh, delusions left over from some bad acid trips back in the day. <laughs> um, all in all, you got and it. To- I laugh. Yeah, you got it together pretty good. But let's. Uh, when did you discover, and how did you realize uh, that something something was going on? Well, I I believe uh, I knew it from a child because I, I would ask my mother, "Why am I so different than my friends?" Because my friends would get up at nine, ten o'clock in the morning, and I'm up at four. Yeah. So I got from four till nine, ten o'clock in the morning by myself. You know, I'm if it's summertime, I'm outside. You know, running around and you know catching fish, shooting creatures. Tell the story when you went and got the to the pot machine down the street. Oh, that's that's a story from a county road commission people. Um, I lived right next door to a county road commission. It's 120 yards, 100 yards from my door, and uh, they said, you know that. They, there were, there were county road commissions that met each other. Some are from Gwynn, some are from Scandia, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, my name came up, and one of the guys go, oh, my God, that guy. He said, yeah, here we are at 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, right at daylight, just before daylight. It's still dark, and we hear the door open and close. And we just thought, who in the heck's coming in at this time of the day? And three of us look out the door. We're in a little 10-by-10 10 10 room. And here comes Rick dragging a chair across the floor in his diaper. <laughs> And we we're just looking at him, going, "What the heck is your he house doing? is 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 a hundred yards away?" Yeah. You know, so I had to drag that chair for you had to a, get at out least. of your house. I had to get out of my door. house, take the chair down the stairs, you know, out of the house, through the door, <laughs> close it before my mother my mother heard me. So yeah. I, I had to do it quiet as a mouse because I'm a guy that wakes up and my mother probably sleeps with you know yeah. hear a pin drop and and try to catch me. Right. And I go all the way to the county garage, walk over there. My dad probably had me that day, the day before, day before that, and I saw a pop machine, knew what it was. Stole change out of my brother's pockets. I had four of them. Wow. You know, they were 14 years older than me, the oldest one. The youngest one was five years older than I was, so they had change. You were the baby boy. Yep. So I just grabbed a handful of change, went over there, threw money until a pop came out, opened it. Out the door I went, dragging my chair, <laughs> nodded the guys, and out the door I went. And, and then three guys just looked at each other and went, that poor woman. Because wow. we also live right by a river. Okay. You know, it, it's yeah. 100 yards the other way. I mean, it's right there. Yeah. You know, and they would, you know, my parents or my, my brothers would say they'd, they'd find me out and they were out in the yard. You know, it's dark. And my mother would wake everybody up and go, where's Rick? No, I don't know. They'd look through the whole house and go out inside. And there I am playing in the grass wow. in the dark. You know, at 5 o'clock in yeah. the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. What about when you were, say, uh, preteen adolescence? A lot, a lot of us get into mischief at that age. What was a, a an event that you can recall that may have 
also been another clue that that oh, you I went to different. jail at 16 years and 16 years old for throwing uh, apples at cars and uh, the police chased us from nine o'clock at night till you know four in the morning when they caught me you know and we we actually hit the police <laughs> you themselves. evaded the police for that that many they hours? wouldn't turn their lights on because they wanted to catch us you know because okay. they got calls all night long yeah. about people throwing apples at cars and they'd stop and try and catch us and we're in cornfields how do you catch somebody no. in a cornfield? Yeah. You know, we'd run down the cornfield and run back out. And you knew that lay area the, by you know, the it's dark. You back know, of your we'd hand. lay in the ditch. They'd come back, get in their cars. They'd take off, and we'd hit them again. Then we'd run back <laughs> in the cornfield. They were very mad. How did they get you finally? I ran into a fence trying to run away from them. Oh. Ran and slammed because it was dark. <laughs> did you get injured when you hit the fence? Not really, but you know, I was really drunk. <laughs> oh, okay. And tripping. <laughs> drunk and tripping at age sixteen. <laughs> yes, and uh, the cops come up, drag me back to my to the thing and there's three cops they got by and police when they put your arms behind their back they put your arms behind your back just where your feels like your shoulders are going to pop out just to let you know they have you yeah well you know they don't want you struggling right and i had a ponytail and one of the cops grabbed my ponytail and pulled my head back and said we should kick the shit out of you right now you little bastard and i said go ahead i'll stay drunk till i heal (laughs) (laughs) all right well see so already a child kind of predisposed to maybe is this is this and i went to jail uh, yeah he's you went to jail that was the only time well, that's not bad. Yes. Once. Um, they would probably, a uh, psychologist would probably avoid you to, uh, psychologists would probably encourage you to avoid heavy alcohol consumption and especially hallucinogenics if you're already <laughs> predisposed. How did implementing acid into your psyche affect you? Oh, that affected me horribly. It's, it still affects me today. I uh, I couldn't stand the Gumby Land was what I called it. Uh, I was Land. tripping so bad. Um, you know, I met all the atoms in the universe. That's what my brain tells me. You know, and it was 1971. This is 19, 2016. Whoa. 44 years ago? 43 yeah. years ago? 41 years ago? I, I don't even know. But it's 40 years ago, probably. And um it still haunts me today. You know, this 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 summer till now, this spring till now, I had a dream that I was that I was a uh, Adam stuck under the concrete in New York, wanting to get out. Now, just think of that perspective. Yikes! Who, who has a perspective of that? An Do Adam you, with a consciousness. Yeah, an Adam with a consciousness, and I run into an Adam that wasn't screaming to, to be let out. So I asked that Adam, "What the heck's going on?" And he says, "Oh, these young Adams, they're a pain in the butt because they don't shut up. They want to get out and see the light." He said, "You know." You know, I've been here a long time. He said, try, you know, 10 to 25 ice ages. Not only is it long and boring, it's really effing cold. And I'm sitting up in my bedroom, you know, and I just walk right out and I take more medication. <laughs> because This it's, feels it's very tri- realistic. Oh, it's tripping. It's right to tripping, my hope, just like now. Just talking about it. I have body rushes all through yeah, my I can body. Tell. <laughs> wow. Yeah, just, I mean, I just bring that up. And, and that, that doorway, it's like a doorway. Yeah. And, and how I explain it to people. Some guy wanted to work with my son and I, and, and uh, he said, man, I, I heard you talking. How come you didn't, we're talking about about this stuff? And I said, well, I, I don't talk when I'm in this frame of mind. He goes, what frame of mind is that? I said, oh, I'm bipolar manic, and I'm in a manic episode. He goes, what does that mean? I said, well, I got drunk in 1971. I got stoned in 1971. I started, took something called orange sunshine, some kind of hallucinogenic drug, uh, and my subconscious has been tripping ever since. It's in about four billion galaxies from now, meeting all the atoms, and it gets bored kicks my sub my conscious door a doorway into my yeah. conscience pulls me in and i've been tripping for the last three weeks Whoa. i'm on the verge of hallucinating why do you ask <laughs> i can't go to work with you <laughs> and i just burst out laughing yeah. i've been this way all my life right. dude, since 1971 <laughs> yeah for a lot of traditionalists it's a and, and, hard and realization yeah and just like that i mean I, you know and i talk of this as normal yeah <laughs> so i don't know how you how your wife uh manages she has a sense of humor yeah you got to 
You're you must be on a lot of medication now just to keep keep just normal. two day lithium. Two day lithium. Yep. And okay. if it gets real bad, I go get Haldol. I hadn't taken Haldol in six, eight, ten years, and I went to the pharmacy to get my Haldol. And here, the lady behind the counter, a pharmacist, she's just looking at my chart, and she goes, "Miss Rick, what? Why are you taking Haldol? I, I don't even see you haven't had Haldol in ten years." And I went. Well, I really don't like taking it, and she goes, "I don't know how anyone would want to take Haldol." I said, "Yeah, just on the when when I when you get the drugs, the first sentence says this is for treating schizophrenia." Whoa! So I'm assuming it's a good, good hardcore Powerful, drug, yeah. yes. And uh, and she says, "Well, why are you taking it?" I said, "Well, ma'am, I said we you know normally live in a three dimensional world. If I don't take that Haldol." I would say give it a week. I'll be dealing with nine to four thousand dimensions. <laughs> All the atoms start talking to me and stuff, and she just goes, "Here you go." Holds her hand out and gives me the drugs. Just like, "Whoa, here you go, dude." <laughs> you <laughs> I understand completely. Wow. You don't have to say no more. Man. You know, and then people that I I went and paid my dentist. And they said, how are you doing? The receptionist, I go, I just nonchalantly go, you don't want to know. And they go, yeah, we do. I go, no, 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 you don't. She was insistent? That... Yeah, yeah, I do. I said, okay. I had that dream about, the, about being an atom stuck under the concrete. And then I told them all about tripping. And they're like, and I went, oh, see ya. And I left. And five days later, I went back. Five days later, I went back and said, I'm sorry that I had to tell you that story. But it's just out of my mind. She goes, oh. it's still haunting me, Rick. <laughs> and that's five days. That's still bothering this woman. I said, I'm really sorry. But see, <coughs> This is how I stay close to normal. As I tell people like this, how crazy this is in my brain, how crazy I am, and that's what I've done all my life, and that's how I've not been in prison and not yeah. crazy, and it's, sorry, yeah. it's just what I've it's always had to do. Tell people. Yeah, otherwise it's bottled up inside. Oh, that can't my... be healthy. You would explode. Your head would explode. <laughs> you have more that's, energy even when you know, you're that, not manic than you know, anybody else. And that's, that's why I... It was such a good thing for me killing trees because you can't let your brain go. You have to be focused on that chainsaw. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, something that's a 70, 80, 90 cc chainsaw and a tree that's, you know, sometimes four foot across. Wow. You have to be focused on what you're doing. If yes. you don't, Alert. your arms or legs are gone or worse. Or you get crushed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was a perfect work environment for me. You know, except you were, for the people that worked around me, because sometimes I've I've cut like twenty five trees down, domino style. They're all cut down, <laughs> leaning the wrong leaning the wrong way, and then I finally get one to go the right way, and you know, <laughs> fifteen wow. twenty trees anywhere from six inches to not two textbook. Foot. It, no, most, that is textbook. That is how you do it. Well, I've done that many many times. Okay. Just, you know, people. My boss would go, "You got to stop doing that, Rick." I said, "Yeah, but it's so boring out here." <laughs> Killing trees is boring. You got to have fun. Well, you've Ooh. killed enough where, yeah, it probably becomes mundane after a while. Now, you've also tried to leave the UP on a couple vacations. Uh, oh, yes. That, that doesn't is, go well with you. Well, yeah, because I go right. It's it's uh, The only way I can explain it is my my brain goes into battle mode, and I go right into a manic episode. This, the UP is, is like a prison to me, if I want to think about it in that verb. I mean, my, my family will not invite me to go on any trip with them. No. <laughs> Because they know then they'll have to watch me because I'm manic. I mean, I went downstate with my brother and two friends back in 88 or so, and I freaked out and hitchhiked home, left them right there, didn't tell them. I, wow. I was just freaked because God was talking to me too much, and I just said, I can't do it, God. I got to go. You know, yeah. and I'd run out, run at the end of a road at a T. I'm downstate in Saginaw, Michigan. I'd go straight north. Yeah, head cross, north. 
across the across through people's yards, wow. across the swamps, across the woods. As the crow flies. As the crow fly, I'm going north, and I'd hit a road that went north, and I'd hitchhike on that road. Wow. And if I walked and hit a, hit hit another tee where that road stopped, I went north right through the brush. Do you recall the sense of relief you felt when you when you reached home at that after that? No. No, you no, just I, no, no! I ran out in the woods and hid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got off by my brother's house and I ran out in the woods and hid for a while because I, you know, I'm just paranoid, schizophrenic. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got things talking to you. I don't think that's manic. I, I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not a psychiatrist to yeah. diagnose somebody, but when you have voices talking to you and, you know, woo. you refer to it as killing trees. Is, I do. Is that um, in itself uh, gratifying to you? Well, I, I say things like this, you know. Legally, it's the only thing I'm allowed to kill 365 days a year, <laughs> 366 this year because oh, yeah. it's sleep year. You know, but I haven't killed many trees because now we're having troubles with a starter. We got a starter. We had it rebuilt, and now it don't work. We took another starter off a four-cylinder, put it in a six-cylinder. It shouldn't work. It should be a different starter. It ran. But then three, four days ago, it caught on fire and almost burnt my yeah. machine So up. much gear, so, so many tools that you're reliant on. Yep. It's... It, it's not easy and we to, had it, you to know, make money doing this. No, and we had it rebuilt, $240. So we call up John John Deere because that's what kind of machine You I know have. John Deere? Yeah, <laughs> $680 for a starter. We need to. Oh, man. So the guy that rebuilt the starter, he bought one without us even knowing it, gave it to us. He hasn't charged us. I don't, I don't know if he's charging us wow. or not. You know, I mean, it's got to be a $500, $600 starter. We paid him 240 to rebuild a starter, but for some reason it won't work. On either machine. You're very apt at getting people to do fit you favors. <laughs> he gave me all his beer cans. <laughs> oh. oh, I guess that you did like him two, a favor two, by taking two big back. garbage canfuls. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How close are we to 20 minutes? That's it, buddy. It flies, though. Yeah, it? man. Thank you it, so much. Yeah, thanks for being with us, Rick the Manic Logger, uh, a true youper, uh, and uh, one of the most energetic funny, cool people I've met since I've been here. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. North Coast Post.